one day I decided to ask myself, could I break five minutes in the mile? At age 30, could I return to the sport of track and go after my unmet goal of breaking five minutes? Was my body capable of this? Was my mind capable of this? And most importantly, was my spirit capable of pushing through the ups and downs to find the answer? You are listening to Breaking Five, a running podcast, where we search for this answer as well as yours for achieving your Breaking Five moment, whatever that may be for you. We will gain inspiration and knowledge from others who have achieved their Breaking Five moment, those working towards theirs, as well as those who have helped the athletes along the way. I'm your host, Kristen Schultz, physical therapist, runner, and running coach. Let's run full force towards our wildest dreams and take a listen to today's episode. Welcome back to another episode of Breaking Five, a running podcast. Today, I have the great pleasure of speaking with Lisa Romanzo. Lisa is a physical therapist, Navy veteran, runner, wife, and mom to two kids. She has an awesome background and just an honor to speak with her. We chatted about a bunch of things today. We started off talking about her experience as a physical therapist in the Navy. She had a couple of really cool experiences there. So if you're a physical therapist, even if you're a runner, it's really neat to um, listen to. And then some of the main topics we're talking about is how women really need to be training differently than men. And also going into her journey as a mom of being postpartum and having more, you know, issues arise than she was expecting, especially with being a physical therapist and kind of knowing some things to expect. So she shares her journey on that. And just to go along with couple of the episodes we have on things that just aren't out there for women that aren't super common knowledge. So a lot of great info in here for any of you mom runners, anyone that's going to be a mom someday, any of you guys that have wives, significant others in your life too. Like this is, it's, it's great for everyone. It's not just for women. Um, so anyways, we're going to dive into today's episode. Lisa, thank you so much for coming on and we'll catch you inside this episode. All right. Welcome back to another episode of Breaking Five, a running podcast. Super excited for today's guest. Today, I have Lisa Romanzo. Lisa is a mom, a physical therapist, a runner. She's a veteran. And we're going to be talking all things running today, but we're going to really be diving into a little bit about how women should be training differently than men. Um, So I know we talk about this some on the podcast, but going to be really diving into this topic as well as more topics around how women should be training differently than men in general over the next few episodes, as well as interviewing other um, badass inspiring women in the healthcare field, the running field, whatever it might be um, throughout the next few episodes. So excited for that too. So stay tuned. But Lisa, thank you so much for coming on today. I appreciate it. Thank you. Love it. Love it. If you don't mind, could you give our listeners a little bit of a background of how you got into running and your sport background in general? So I grew up playing soccer and lacrosse. I ended up playing soccer through college, just at a D3 school. My, uh, my soccer coach was from England and he was straightforward with us. And he said to me one day, you know, Lisa, if you were any, if you were faster, you could have gone D1 for sure. Thank you. I am slow. Always been a slow runner. It's just, it is what it is, but running. You played defense then? No, I actually, he had me everywhere. I pretty much ended up as a forward by the end, but he had me in every spot, but midfield and forward pretty much at the end, I could run long. So that's what used me for that. I wasn't very fast, but I was, I could run long and you could stay um, in the game the whole time. Probably. Yeah. So um, then in college, once college soccer was finished and I was in PT school, I had to find something to do. So I started running more and really loved it. And then I never expected to love it as much as I did. I actually started running more at, at one of my clinicals at the beach, which I mean, just being outside is all I needed really. Yes. Anywhere by water is nice to yes. yes, it was perfect. It was amazing. And so that's when it kind of, it started. I ran my first half, my last year of PT school. That was, that was fun. I ran with one of two of my friends, one of them, he never trained and he just like flew <laughs> through it. But at like mile 10, he was dying. And another friend was a runner through college. So she, I tried to keep up with her for the first half and I quickly died. 
And she was like, look at, we were in DC. She's like, look at the monuments. And I was like, <laughs> like thanks. Keep talking. Keep me um, entertained. <laughs> um, but I was, I was kind of, I was hooked and just kind of kept running from there on graduated at, from PT school and went into the Navy, still just running, nothing, nothing spectacular. I just ran yeah. when I wanted to, ran when I could. But then when I deployed, I started running a lot more because there was really nothing else to do. I ran on the treadmill pretty much the entire time. Oh, man. For seven months. There were a few races I would do, probably just a handful. But every time I would run outside there, I would go in coughing the rest of the day. So yeah. I decided to, to hang out on the treadmill. It's um, kind of what you had to do, huh? You're just like, yeah. I want to work out? Yeah, okay. right. Yeah. Yeah. And it was, it was like, it was a, a form of torture, man. It was, uh, we had you know, no TVs, nothing, no internet to do it. So I would literally just oh run and watch everybody working out. I would bring a magazine and like flip the pictures, just some, <laughs> something to look at. Oh man. But that's when I started training for my first marathon. Okay. Um, when I was deployed in, and I, I ran the Marine Corps marathon very cool yeah what's your favorite distance to do then do you like the longer distances then I think I'm like well it's been a couple years now since I ran a marathon just because of course last year and then the year before I had a little injury I like the marathon but I I think the half is awesome because it's just hard enough but it's also fast and like you don't feel so drained from it yeah so and like the half a lot (laughs) It doesn't have to take over your life too for yes. training wise. <laughs> yes. It doesn't have Absolutely. to. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So I think the half is my favorite, but I'm signed up for uh I got into Chicago. So oh, I think I, I think I saw that on your profile. Very That's cool. That's like my hometown, kind of. <laughs> yeah. I'm excited. I've never been out there. Um very cool. And so you you were were you a physical therapist in the Navy then? Okay. Yes. How long did you serve then? I was in for four years. I went in and I started in the acute care setting. So all my patients were the guys literally two, three days out from injuries in Afghanistan. It was intense. You know, they're waking, literally waking up, realizing they're missing limbs, gunshot wounds, everything. It was hard, but I loved it. And I I miss it because they are just like the most unique population you could ever imagine. They're so young too, which was hard in a sense, of course, to see such, I think maybe my youngest was like 18 and he had very, very high amputations on his legs. And it was hard to see them all go through that. But I mean, they're crushing life. They're so young. So it's like, yeah, they were, they bounced back quickly. So I started in acute care doing all of that. And then when I deployed, it was more of a sports clinic, keeping everyone in Afghanistan healthy so they okay. can get back out and do whatever they're doing. Right. So we had a lot of back injuries, ankle sprains, rolling it in the dirt. We had a couple gunshot injuries that were obviously very, they have minimal injury. Um, otherwise they were all sent back, but these were the guys we were trying to keep in theater. Their injuries right. weren't that bad. A lot of different things. I saw some Afghans come through the hospital. That was interesting to work with them. Yeah. Uh, and they, I mean, our goals for them, a lot of them were detainees. So I had to make sure that they could squat to go to the bathroom, okay. um, could walk. And yeah. that was pretty much what I had to do to just get them out and onto their, their next place they were going. Yeah. And then when I got back from deployment, I went into outpatient Again, typical kind of sports clinic at Walter Reed. And then, um, and then I, I got out of there when I had my son out of the military. I just think, yeah, it's, you have such a a cool background (laughs) or cool experience with all, all those experiences, like the three different, or it sounds like separate places you got to work. What do you think was like one of the, and if nothing comes to mind, that's fine. What was like one of the biggest takeaways you had from your experience with any of those experiences? Our bodies are incredible. They are. I mean, I would, we would leave work some days assuming uh, one of the guys may pass and we'd get in the next morning and see he's, he's still going, he's still pushing. One of the guys 
who we were, I mean, we were sure he wasn't going to make it. When I was getting out, they put us through uh, a lot of just different courses on, doesn't matter who you are, everyone does it, it, how to dress when you're out of the military now, going to interviews, your resumes, all that stuff. And he was in it with me and I'm just sitting there. Yeah, it's amazing. I mean, our bodies are incredible. They, a lot of the guys would come back with the bacteria in their wounds and it really was hard on the body. So it was interesting, but they pushed through. I mean, there was this one guy, they were just like pumping bleach through him. Like nothing could kill this stuff, but they eventually did get to it. But it's yeah. incredible what our bodies can do and what they our can do. bodies are incredible. I like it. They are. I love it. <laughs> they are. No, and, so. and you know, I think also with that being said, our bodies are incredible. But honestly, another thing that I noticed with a lot of the guys was their recovery depended on the support that they had. Unfortunately, some guys didn't really have that much uh, family support. And some of the guys with, you know, there was only five guys from this war who had a four limb amputation. So both arms, both legs, fourth guy came through and, and then I got the fifth guy. And you would think that that would, it is an incredible recovery that they had to come through and they did. And they had incredible support. Whereas maybe another guy just had one, you know, one leg or something and they struggled. And they didn't have the support, but like the support and the relationships that they had really, really also determined where they went. I think that's a good option. Another really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. That makes me think not to go off topic, but it like makes me think of our whole last year, like as far as how important support is and how much human interaction was so less this past year. And yeah, how like playing that into current day, like how much, yeah, our human connection relates to our health in general. <laughs> yeah. It is really important for our health. Yeah. But thank you. That sounds like, I mean, it sounds like you definitely had like just some really unique, um, awesome experiences with good insight. And of course, thank you for your service and all that. But that sounds really, I mean, I've known your journey a little bit, but I haven't known all you've gotten to do. So, so that's super cool. Yeah. So then yeah. you got out and then, you know, of course we're going into a conversation where we're talking about, um, you know, how women should be training differently than men and yeah. all all that how did eventually like your life lead to being interested in that side of things I mean I think we got a lot in between but I guess yeah I think motherhood I mean yeah I had I got I got out and the last month I was in the military I had my son so I pretty much rode out on um, maternity leave but um I think most a lot of people go into the women's health or pelvic health um kind of field just because of their own experience. Um, yeah. when I was in school, I don't know about you, but we had like maybe one day we had somebody come in to talk about women's health. And I was like, no, never. I'm not doing that. I'm just going to yep. sit here. I think that was a lot of people. I had one right. of our, one of my classmates, she was like, she's a genius. She went into women's health. Um, she went into her residency at, in Florida somewhere, um, right out of school. And I was like, you're crazy, but not, I mean, I just really had no idea until I had my son. Yeah. I thought I could like, I'll rehab myself back. This is fine. This is nothing. Right. It was so much harder than yeah. anticipated. So I just kind of continued digging from there. Did you feel like before, I guess, before your delivery and before you're pregnant and all that, did you, was there any sort of inkling that you're like, yeah, I'm going to need to see like a pelvic health specialist or, you know, this is going to be like a recovery or, or not really at all? Well, I guess when I was pregnant with him, we, we went to Italy. So sitting on that flight, oh, and I got off, I had some awful back pain that started on that trip and it continued until when I got home and it, I mean, it was debilitating for me I was running. We were running. My last long run was in Italy. We ran six miles in Florence, but like, clearly I shouldn't have been running yeah. at that point either. Like I was just pushing through it. It's fine. It's all muscle. It would feel better as I would go. So I just continue to do it. But then as I stopped, it would hurt. And I would I just, I didn't, I couldn't stop. I thought after I had gotten that kind of treated and under control when I got home from that trip, that it would be fine, but it's kind of all sort of not still there, but I mean, it it is in a way. 
it's it's forever so what did you what what did you end up doing I guess after um your pregnancy as far as what did that process look like of getting back to like you share like running had become a pretty important part of your life what was that process like getting back to running the you know the ups and downs I'm going to assume I certainly went back too soon we just don't know that much about running and women's health postpartum because the research even during pregnancy like it's really hard to create a research study on women if there's going to be a risk so it's really hard to study pregnancy and then postpartum is really hard too just because every pregnancy is different and labor is different there are so many variables within it all i went back i want to say I tried to run at like three weeks, I think, after I had my son. And not lot, not a lot. I was like kind of just jogging and yeah. testing it out. Yeah. But I got home and I had more bleeding and I was like, okay, that's too much. But of course, being the runner <laughs> we are, and it's so yes. hard to stop and we always have to test things. Yes. I was yes. like, all right, couple days off. That should be fine. Went back yep. out. Same thing. But then, you know, I I think I just prolonged the the process in a way I wasn't sleeping, you know, that's huge for recovery for all of our tissues. We know that tissue recovery takes, I mean, at that six week mark, we hear, I, I love seeing it now it's out there that like, just because you hit that six week mark, doesn't mean that you're recovered and healed. Yeah. It still needs to be pushed because I see women all the time still pushing it at six yeah. weeks. No, I, I hit six. Yeah. But we know like tissue recovery is that year, really. I mean, there is so much stuff that changed in those nine months. And during labor, I went to CSM two years ago, I guess, three, I don't even know. (laughs) Anyway, one of the, the research studies showed that one of the muscles literally stretches out during birth stretches out so much that if it was any other muscle in our body, it would just tear but okay. it stretches for that process i mean we it's what it was built for but like we still have to respect that poor little thing trying to like yeah. get back it's it's our you know it's our pelvic floor that it may feel better our mind wants to go back to running right body is still recovering it still needs so much more support in time especially yeah. if you're not sleeping which most people aren't you're not yeah i got it it sucks, but it is what it is. I mean, that's why we're off. We're hope- hopefully not working. We have leave, even though it's not enough. So I, I got back, I think, too soon. I had a lot of incontinence issues postpartum, and the, and I continued to try to, to rehab myself. And then I got pregnant probably, uh, my son was like 13, 14 months old. Okay. Was- Second, and that that was interesting because then she, her weight of the weight of her, I continued running, of course, through a little bit of her pregnancy. The weight of her stretched everything back out for me, and all my incontinence issues were gone. But I don't think I got assessed by a pelvic PT until I had her. Okay, okay, and that's when I really started diving into more of that because I knew it was going to be an issue. Yeah. So that time around, you kind of did things differently. And is that what ultimately, yeah, ended up getting you into these topics yourself of like diving into and understanding better? Yeah, I took a birth healing summit. It was a just in a a conference about pregnancy and postpartum. And I realized when she was talking in some of these talks, I was like, I looked at my husband and I said, I can't do this myself. Someone needs to help me. Someone needs to assess me. I can't assess myself. (laughs) So I continued to educate myself about it all, but knew that I still needed somebody else. I needed people who do this for a living. What was like probably like the top one to two, three things you learned through your own process that would also be helpful for other, you know, females uh, to know, you know, going into coming out of pregnancy, maybe it is even two years ago and they're like, shoot, I'm still having these issues. Like, what did you, what did you learn? It's never too late to go. I mean, we know that when we get the right care, that it's incontinence, prolapse, a lot of these things, we, I mean, there's so much help that we women aren't aware of, even the yeah. doctor not aware of. 
my sister was just pregnant and she was having a lot of back pain and hip pain. And she said, should I go to a PT? And her doctor was like, maybe. And my sister, of course, was just sitting there like biting her tongue because she obviously knows my feeling. She finally, she was like, okay, well, I'll just go. And because I said, you can go, go find someone and you can get a referral. You don't need her to grant you that. So she yeah. found and she felt great after she started going to them and she really helped her through that process. It's hard. I mean, when our bodies change, especially I think that first time it was easier the second time around for me, but the first time it was just so much new stuff and it's yeah. confusing and it's overwhelming. And you go to the OB appointments and you're like, wait, that's it. You're not going to like, tell me anything else, but it's so just so much on your body. But postpartum, I mean, there's just no doubt that if you're an athlete and you want to get back to things, even if you're not an athlete and you're not getting back to sport, I mean, chasing your kids around and jumping on trampolines with them is a sport. And right, itself. right, right. And being able to do that. Yeah, to yeah. comfortably do that and not, you know, be afraid that you're now peeing your pants because you're on the trampoline. It's right. It's important. It's right. part of the quality of life to be able to do the things that you want to do with your kids. Yeah. And pelvic PTs are are out there. They want to help. Yeah. They're they're everywhere. I pr- promise. I'm sure I can find you one if you're listening to this yes. and think you need one. Like I feel like there's so many because like the, the internet I pay attention like we were talking about before and but I know a lot of people still out there like think you know like the whole six-week mark is just the standard most of your doctors are going to tell you that's the standard like most I think overall doctors aren't going to refer to a physical therapist necessarily like it's still probably more common that this is the case but I mean, it comes back to like you have to be your own advocate this is all things in life like yeah you can't just trust whatever anything is you know do your research and you can't just trust whatever is told you the first time, like be your own advocate for your health. And if that means going and seeking out a public health specialist on your own, then that's what it is. <laughs> yeah. There is so much information that they'll give you that a doctor just doesn't have the time to sit and educate no. you about. We know PTs, we, we spend the time with people We're right. we're with them. So there's a lot to talk about, even if it's just an evaluation for someone to say, Hey, you look good. Like, I don't see anything just, you know, be cognizant of this and this. If you have this, come back. Just kind of get a really good, true assessment of the muscular system. I mean, we talk about you blow your ACL out, um, your ankle, you go to therapy. Why don't we go to therapy? Right, right. Yes. But it's yeah. just as much trauma on our body. Yeah. Thinking back to you sharing on that too. I'm like, like when you're sharing on, like, it was like a year until getting back to normal. It's like, it's really just like any other major injury, you know, like I'm thinking of my only experience with a major injury, which is currently with my foot. And I'm just like, yeah, yeah. I'm like at six weeks, I'm, I'm not back to necessarily where I was still, it's still healing. It's still going through this process and it's frustrating, but I can't imagine like, everything being different after pregnancy. Like that's, that's huge changes. And everyone's so different just because of your history, um, your tissue quality, like genetics, all of this stuff there, what happened during your labor? Did you have instrument assisted delivery? Did you have a cesarean? There's so much stuff that makes it all so different. Yeah. How you're sleeping, all the hormones, are you breastfeeding? There is so much that goes into it and you can't just copy this person because they did it this way and they're okay. Cause it just, we really need more athletes getting into seeing people really. Yeah. Yeah. Well, slowly, I I don't know. I feel like after this last year, maybe I'm just hopeful it's the people I follow, but I just feel like the information is getting out there. Hopefully. And the more we talk about it a lot more. Yeah. I still, I see it certainly a lot more, but yeah, it might be the people we're following. <laughs> yeah. I'm not afraid to follow someone who's talking about the virgin, the vagina and yes. <laughs> other people may be a little bit more embarrassed by all of that, but right. I totally, I appreciate the people putting content out there because it can be a more sensitive topic, but I forget too, because yeah. people I'm like, oh yeah, no big deal. But I'm like, well, like, wait, actually, like for a lot of people, it still is, you know, sensitive topics and stuff. We're just yes. but thankful for the people that are willing to put the information out there. I know we're talking about like postpartum and everything, but I know another part that we, you know, chatted about before going live and everything is your emphasis on women training differently throughout Um, their menstrual cycle and just how that affects our training in general. Correct. That's something. Yeah. 
like to that you're passionate about? Yeah. After I had my daughter and I decided I was going to run a marathon at 10 months postpartum, again, don't copy me. <laughs> I, <laughs> yeah, um, I learned a lot again from that whole experience. I was looking into like, well, I'm breastfeeding and my number one goal for that marathon was just to continue breastfeeding my daughter. If I had issues with supply, if anything happened, I was done. Like that was my number one priority was her. So I started looking into hormones, like what I'm breastfeeding, what is going to happen? Like, and I just realized there wasn't that much information. I did find at that point, Dr. Stacy Sims and all of the information she was putting out. I think Roar, her book was out maybe a year or two at that point. Um, I read that and that was, I'd say leading women out there, putting out a lot more information on um, periods. There are a lot of other apps now for tracking periods and sport. Um, I think Garmin, right. They have something on the app to assist you. Maybe if you're, yeah, I think I might've heard that. I think it's like a recent thing maybe. Right. Yeah. I have, I use fitter woman, um, and that they are always putting out a lot of information and there's a lot of great podcasts out there now, but yeah, the whole hormone thing was really just completely new to me back then. Um, yeah. It just made sense. Like I'm breastfeeding. Mm-hmm. I don't have my period at this point. What is going on with my hormones? Then once I did get it back and it was starting to come back naturally and consistently, I could start kind of doing a little bit more of what Stacy Sims suggests, but it is so important for women to understand this stuff and what our bodies are doing and how it feels throughout the month. That being said, though, I think a lot of women are on a a birth control and that is absolutely 100% their choice, whatever they want to do, whatever they need to do. I personally, I didn't want to go on anything because for me, I just, I wanted my body to get back. I wanted my hormones to be doing what they should be doing. So a lot of this stuff is for when you are naturally menstruating, because when you're on the pill, you have a bleed, but it's a breakthrough bleed. It's not a real period. It's just because you're not on those synthetic hormones. And, but what that does is it masks the period and our period is our, our report card for our health. I mean, it is everything that we need to know about what's going on internally, how we are adjusting to exercise. Mm -hmm. And throughout the month, they, the research is still out. There's still so much we don't know, but they do think that there is whatever phase we're in, the hormones are either going to help us kind of really ramp up and train well, um, and get those gains, or they're going to also kind of dampen down. And, you know, when we're in the high hormone phase, exercise is going to be a lot more catabolic because of the, the high hormones, the progesterone Mm -hmm. is going to help is going to break our muscles down. So kind of just being aware of those phases is going to help us either like know that we can hammer down a workout or, we maybe yeah. need to just take a lot more rest and do really easy recovery work. Yeah. So I think it's just really important to understand how our bodies are and what they do. What are the a couple of things that you pay attention to throughout your cycle as far as, you know, times when you're maybe not running as much or are you just listening to your body how much you're going to go or is it do you not strength train as much during you say like your luteal phase all that like what um, what are the main things you kind of pay attention to? For me, the day that I get my period, I am in even the day before. So it it is, there's this like grace period, either some people feel really good the day before, some people feel really good the day after the day of, I know when it's coming, because if I'm running, I feel great. period. And then, so then I have, I know that those like two and a half weeks from the start of the bleed, two and a half weeks out. I'm going to train, I'm going to lift and I'm going to do everything I can in that period. And then I know after ovulation about four or five days after that, I usually start to just kind of really make sure all of my runs are really easy. And I have started to switch off lifting at that point. You can still lift. It just, it wouldn't 
maybe be great to go out and do like your max lift. So I'll focus. I've been doing a little bit more yoga in the last few months, but I do more yoga in those last weeks. Yeah. Stay moving and stay active, but know that I'm not putting too much more added stress on my body in that time. Yeah. Are you, do you pay attention, just kind of go off feel of how you're feeling? Or are you pretty calculated? Like now that you have it down, like, Hey, I'm usually going to be doing, you know, only one train, you know, lift this yeah. week or I'm going to switch to yoga or. Yeah. I, I pretty much just base all of my training now on where I'm at with my cycle. So it's pretty much like two, two and a half, three weeks where I'm hard. And then that fourth yep. week or so I go easy. Yeah. And so if I can add, like, I'll say really over the last year has been the first time I've really paid attention to my cycle, which is crazy to me now. I'm like, what did I do before? I didn't pay attention. What the heck? Like what? Like why? Why wasn't I like, <laughs> cause it's so helpful yeah. like, every, it's not even in your training. Like, it, you know, if anyone's listening to this and has a business, like I know couple days before I get my period, like I can't handle, I just can't handle as much. And I finally am just giving myself permission. Yeah. I'm not going to handle as much of my business and I'm going to have to rest a little bit dur- more during those days. And it's like, before I knew that I'd just be like, Oh, you're off. Like what's going on, Kristen? Like, and, and like giving myself a hard time. And like, now I just realize it. And I'm like, all right. Like, yeah. Um, those that week before I'm just like, I'm slow. My legs are heavy. I know. Yep. I just feel like I'm not recovering as well. Yeah. And Leap is hard for me. A couple days, three days or so before I get mine, I know I'm I'm gonna be up a little bit more. Yeah. Knowing all of that is it's helpful. I mean, I know it's gonna it just it comes and it goes. It's just like ride the wave. Yep. And just like look at the helpful parts of, you know, like I don't know, I try to look at the benefits of during those times and to like gives us time to rest or it gives us time to reflect more or what whatever it might be. And I mean, with that said, though, it could then be a little bit intimidating to then go into a goal race that you've been training your ass off for when you're in that time period. Yeah. But and that's kind of, again, when noticing your body fluctuations and practicing different ways to eat, maybe some just a little added supplementation at that point, like I ran my last, this was my last race I did was Philly. And I was in that phase and I was like, damn it. But you know, I I just continued doing what I knew. I did some of the things that Stacy suggested and I actually did great. And I didn't feel like crap. That was also because I practiced it and I knew like, I'm going to do this and that's all out. I mean, I'll take these little extras and yeah. So be mindful. Like we know it's not maybe when we feel our best, but also do what we can to like take that to our advantage. Like what else can we do extra? And then also, I think for me, at least it'd be a big part of like getting out of my own head. Like, Hey, this doesn't mean I can't have my breakout race now. Like even more reason to have it. Like I'm going to have to be more um, dialed in on everything I'm doing. And it doesn't have to mean like that can't still happen while we're talking about this. I I feel like if I was listening to this, like a year ago, I kind of be like, Oh wait, what are they kind of fully talking about? Like I'm trying to catch up still. What do you have any, well, of course you've shared on Stacey Sims and that's a great book of, you know, you haven't heard of roar that's a you know great great resource follow her you know on whatever social media platform too but where would you suggest someone get started if they're just starting to track their cycle or they're just kind of even this exploration phase of oh is this something i should do like what do i even do like you know what apps are out there like what where would you tell someone so they are there are several apps i use bitter woman i've been using that for a really long time and that has been super helpful for me to just track things. There's several, there's like the Daisy Stacy actually just, I quickly listened to something with her um, maybe last week, but she's now working with another app for tracking. There's a lot out there now. The female athlete podcast is another really, really good resource and listen for information. They have a lot of really, really good high quality stuff. That's helpful. No, I don't think I've listened to that podcast. Any other podcasts you would recommend that, you know, are specifically talking about this topic? Um, I could get back to you. I have a few others. Um, sometimes when they, if they put out like a podcast a month, that's just not on my radar right now. Um, but female athlete podcast is definitely on the top and there's maybe one or two other ones that I listen to when they do pop up. Um, awesome. for all that information. 
Yeah. Cool. Yeah. If you think of them and send them to me, I can put them in the show notes. I use Flow. I think it's called Flow Tracker, right? Flow Tracker. Um, there's a, there's yeah. a lot. There's so many. I like my flow. Never mind. <laughs> Good thing I looked. It's called my <laughs> flow. <laughs> but it's super helpful because again, it, it tracks um like it'll even give me suggestions on like what kind of foods I should be eating right now. What should I should yes. be focusing on all parts of my life? Like it's it goes over all different parts of my life and like gives you suggestions. It's helpful to know. And then yeah. just a way to know what part of my cycle um I'm in. Um, you know, for anyone yeah. listening. Correct me if I'm wrong here, but it's like you have your menstrual m- menstruation site part of your cycle, and then you go into the follicular stage, right? Tell me if I forget any. Then you're going to go into ovulation, and then you go into luteal. Correct? Yeah. Yep. High. <laughs> it's pretty much like low. We're pretty much most like men when we have our period, when our hormones are more low, and then when they go up and they're higher, that's when we're the least like men <laughs> I was just not in a lot of research studies too because of all of this all because of it's hard cyclical pattern it's just it's hard to study women now women are finally being studied on right we need to be like how are yeah Can't so more will be out men in in research studies of what works for them like it's not the same <laughs> yeah it's not it's it's not we're left out of a lot of studies yeah I really see, I feel a shift coming though. I really do. I don't know. I don't know if it's just because I've been online more with the pandemic and it seems like there's more people advocating out there or if it really is happening, but yeah, I I see a shift coming. I think there's a shift finally. Yeah. Yeah. And half the population, there's more women (laughs) runners than men. Right. Right. to get this stuff. Yes. Yes. It's so important. Like gosh, sharing too. It's just like, it's so important for all parts of our life. And like, we always, I mean, we joke around like, Oh, being emotional or whatever, but like, no, like we really do have different parts of our cycle where we feel different. Like we are. Oh yeah. There are several books too out there, not specifically so much for athletes, but on your period and kind of also addressing some of maybe some challenges that you're having through it, maybe with period, with pain or a heavy flow, all of that stuff. And so they really walk you through a lot of the things well. And then you have a lot more to say to your doctor when you're going to them to say like, hey, I'm going through all this. I've done X, Y, Z. It's either helped or it hasn't helped. So that's just another, you know, it is so much of who we are. So yeah, it's so important for us to to understand it. Yeah. And to recap, if you're new to this, I think, you know, starting off, I would recommend honestly, like finding if you, if you're trying to just do this on your own too, there's resources out there that can help you and stuff, but Hey, maybe this is what you'll do in the future, but there's the apps. I would, you know, recommend like finding an app that you can use to just start tracking to know where you're at, just start paying attention to how you feel and then becoming more mindful of your training around that luteal phase, which is that phase leading into your period and just giving yourself permission to, it's okay if you need to do a little less training, a little less intense, maybe your easy runs become even easier. And then same thing with lifting. And, but then like you were saying, like, you know, you're going hard those, I mean, not that you need to like overdo it either. Take yeah. it to the news, but like, this is where like good majority of your training, that's going to be super beneficial is coming in and, and, and that's okay. And I think back to college too, I always knew, like I, I was onto, like, I, I knew then, but it's like, we didn't have the resources. 10 days it was like I swear 10 days before my period I kind of started realizing it I would have like an awful workout it was just like I I was way off who I'm usually with and like I just I just remember like oh for a few days like I was just like did not feel good and like it would happen like clockwork I knew it had to do with my period but also didn't know enough I remember talking to my coach about it even and I had a really good so she knew too but it's like what if I even knew more or like even just was like, Hey, we're just like, not going to even like, we're just going to go easy this. You're not even going to do a workout this or what? I don't know. But I remember noticing that myself. So yeah, this could help. An interesting, very interesting field. I mean, even with like, I'm thinking about soccer and injuries during certain periods. I mean, there are certain periods where you just, right. we need to be careful. Yeah. What we were doing. Because that injury risk may be higher. I don't know if we know that for sure, but it it makes sense. Right. So everything changes. So, well, thank you for having that discussion with me. Hopefully that helps. Maybe this is the first time someone's hearing about it, like help someone out there and definitely we'll share some resources in the show notes so that you have those. Anything else you wanted to hit on around this topic before we move on? No. I think we did a pretty good job going over. Yeah, there's a lot of information out there now. So I can give you a a ton of things we can start off on, but just basically everyone having a, a really good understanding of some of those 
real the basics because I don't yeah. think a lot of people do have any of the basics and it's no. it's just kind of how healthcare is you go into your doctor they check some things and then you're gone it's just there's no education piece to it and it is really important and it is crazy when I hear doctors saying to athletes oh you don't need your period it's fine oh it's Look, everyone I still have not been to like a gyno that's told me differently like I don't know like I'm just like yeah I have I thinking of one friend who's I don't know her the specifics of her issue but he was just like you're fine but I was like I don't know yeah I like to think that my body is equipped with what it needs not fully not to everything but in this regard yeah we'll put that information in the show notes um for anyone listening definitely feel free to reach out to me or lisa and definitely and we'll share this at the end too but make sure to follow lisa because she's always putting out like super great content like just it's so you know she'll put out some research stuff and just some thought-provoking stuff i just love following her so which is why i asked her to come on this podcast (laughs) (laughs) but well unless there is anything else in general you'd like to talk about i want to move into really like the last question and go through on this show is there anything else in general you can think of that you were hoping to share uh today that we didn't go through i think one of my biggest lessons in the last year two years really since kind of a a, i had an injury sideline meeting that was 2019 now i just aggravated my heel spur jumping with my kids and of course, I didn't know that was there until I got some imaging after I couldn't weight bear on my foot. And that all resolved. I didn't do a marathon that year, but I was crushed by that. And I think after I had my kids and I didn't return, I haven't returned since I had my daughter to a clinic, really grasped on to running as like my identity and who I was, Yeah, which wasn't I mean, it's fine. It's, it is all good to have an identity, to have, to feel like you fit into something. Right. But I, I was really, I didn't know how latched onto that I was. I kind of saw it all come crashing down quickly. And then running is a really, really amazing, awesome outlet and activity. I mean, I will always be an advocate for people being active in any way that makes them happy. Also, like there is so much out there and we are totally capable and it's okay to like not have something, you know, be so tightly wound into an identity of who we are. The possibilities are endless. And because of that injury, I was able to get into biking a little bit more. I did a lot more strength training. Um, I, And I honestly felt like after all of that, um, I was more of a well-rounded person when I kind of let go of that. So yeah, if, if you're, if you're in a hard place, if you're injured and you're really feeling it, I feel you, um, (laughs) there is just, there's so much out there. Um, and running is amazing, but there's still just so much out there for us and you never know what we're going to get into next. Yeah, I think I I think that's maybe one of the biggest lessons any runner learns through any injury, right? Just how much we do have our identity in running. I learn it a little bit more every injury I've had, you know, like every time yes. I'm like, oh yeah, like no, I'm doing better. Like I have an identity outside of running and I do, and it's it's better than it was for my first injury. But even even right now, like I'm thinking back, I'm like thinking in my mind, you know, this is a little bit less about identity and maybe more of just like proving myself through running. But I was like, oh, yes. I can't wait for like a hard workout or I can't wait to go race and race, like get a good time and like prove myself. Like, you know, like, not that this was like actually my conscious thoughts, but like when I was digging deeper, like that's what I was getting to. I'm like, I mean, it's it's really easily to get sucked into that because you see so many people doing amazing things. They always talk about the highlights on, on Instagram. And it is a lot of highlights because I, I get it. I, I was also pushing, pushing after I ran my marathon, after I had my daughter and the next year I went to New York and I was like, I think I'm going to get into coaching. And if I'm going to be a coach, then I have to be a fast runner and I have to prove it. But like, there's nothing that I need to prove. I mean, knowledge of something is we don't have to have that proven. Yeah. Just enjoy it. Like for what it is, it's an amazing activity for our bodies and our minds. And yeah, it doesn't have to be this way or that way. It just out there and enjoy it. Enjoy where you're at, who you're with. 
yeah, it can be a great sport that brings so many great aspects, like who you spend the running with. It's great for our minds. It's great. I mean, it's great for so many reasons, but also need to have an identity outside of running. So I think that's great. And thank you for sharing that. It's always a good reminder. And then also just knowing that you picked up other sports, right? Like from, and other things, activities that you could do through your injuries. Yeah. I think it helps us as physical therapists as well, (laughs) understand what injuries are like too. (laughs) Yes. So what, well, you kind of said, I think on this episode, what's next for you as far as running goes, what race do you have planned right now? Well, as long as Chicago happens, I will hopefully be out there. I'm building a solid base right now. I feel good. So I don't know. I don't know if these big races are going to go on, but I want to run something in the fall. Richmond, they were able to kind of finagle something last year for runners. So I'm assuming that this year that they're going to do the same. So I have that kind of in my back pocket if Chicago or I might do a trail race. I have a friend here who's really trying to get me into those. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I want to do something, something in the fall. At least, you know, it's planned. It's like, okay, it's Chicago. And I think we could all do this too. It's like, this is the race I'm doing. But if it, you know, if it falls through, I have a backup plan or like, you know, whatever that might be like, you just know you're doing something. So it can help towards that motivation. And I hope the big races happen. I don't know. I'm hopeful. I've been hopeful for a while, but I'm hopeful at fall they're going to happen. (laughs) Anyways, of all your running so far, what is your breaking five moment? I like to ask this of all my guests at the end of the interview. What would you say is your breaking five moment in the sense of, you know, something you thought you couldn't have achieved and you did just a really big goal you went after. Maybe you even fell short, anything like that. And if nothing comes to mind, it can also be in any part of your life as well. It doesn't have to be race specific. Hmm. That's a good question. There are a few things coming to mind. Running, I guess I fell well. When I ran in New York City 2018, I trained my ass off and I was so ready and I got in an accident the two days before the race Um, and I was sitting in the hospital. I wasn't sure I was even going to be able to go run and I, I made it. I went and it was awful, but it was all good. And like, it did not turn out the way I hoped. The first part was really good. And then the last part was really hard. But my husband found me at mile 22 and I was like ready to pass out. And he actually ran with me. I was waiting for him to get like yanked off the the course, but he he luckily didn't because I was like, I need you right now. I think I'm going to pass out. I made it. I got through the whole thing though. And it didn't go well, but, and I was certainly bummed, but I think it was certainly like kind of the race I needed to, again, we were talking about that identity thing. It's okay. It's okay. When things don't go the, the way you, you planned or the way you thought. They don't really ever go fully yeah. how, you, how you plan. No. It no. usually ends up being better. Yes. So many more lessons learned that way. Yes. Yes. What, um, were you in a car accident then I'm assuming beforehand? Yeah. Just a couple, not even a, a quarter of a mile from my house. Someone pulled out in front of me and my son. Yeah. Goodness. And then were you fine that way when it came to the race? Uh, I was totally, sh- I was shaken up. I didn't sleep. My, we thought my arm was broken. So that was really sore. You definitely had an injury if you thought it was broken. Yeah. It wasn't just yeah. like a minor, like, oh, I got like, yeah. Yeah. I was supposed to be home packing, waiting for my in-laws to get to our house and I was at the hospital getting x-rays so it, it was unfortunate but it's but all good finished, I so finished you... I did and maybe not the time but yeah it went it on the right marathon, so our bodies are strong yes our what, what I wrote down our bodies are incredible yes yeah they well, are no that's a that's a perfect breaking five moment that's you know that's the kind of stuff um I'm looking for for that so I think that's perfect and maybe Chicago will be another breaking five moment for you yeah first one and man it's three 2018 20, years man wow wow yeah I think that's when I ran my last my last and only marathon 2018 I think that's when it was so I guess it'd be the same thing yeah I'm excited for you. I hope that goes well. I hope you get to run it and go to Chicago. Regardless, I hope you just go to Chicago, even if it gets canceled. <laughs> yes. Going somewhere. <laughs> yes. Yes. Awesome. Well, Lisa, thank you so much for coming on today. Thank Where you. can our listeners find you at? What is your Instagram handle? Yep. Dr. Romanzo runs and 
pretty much I'm on that um, most of the time. I'll put it, we'll put that in the show notes as well. Anything else, like anything else you want to promote or share with our listeners or anywhere else they can find you? Is that the the best place? That's the best place. I'm on, I don't do, I've been trying to get on Twitter. Um, I haven't been on consistently enough. There's too many other little, little kids running around. I got to manage my time wisely. So pretty much Instagram. Yeah. And then I, I just populate my posts sometimes to Facebook, which is the same same thing run so yeah yeah and like i said she puts out a ton of great resources so definitely go follow her and i really enjoyed getting to know your story she's you're in the dc area correct yeah um, not 45 minutes west of dc yeah she's not practicing as a physical therapist right now with her kiddos and everything but one day as we've chatted i see her yeah. do something with i feel like all of her, your passion that you just shared on here too so yes thank but. you for having me awesome yeah anything else you want to say before we end this Enjoy running. Enjoy it. Yes. I love it. Smile. Smile a lot. It's beautiful out there right now. Springtime is the best. Yeah. It's great everywhere right now. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. It's probably not too hot in Florida, right? (laughs) It's actually pretty good. It was like 76 today. I was like, yeah, this is perfect. perfect. (laughs) Yeah. But awesome. Well, Lisa, thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate it. Hope this is helpful. And we will catch you guys on the next episode of Breaking Five. Bye guys. All right. Thank you so much for tuning into today's episode of Breaking Five, a running podcast. We hope you are running away with some inspiration, tips, and actionable items that you can put towards your Breaking Five moment. Lastly, if you know anyone else with a Breaking Five moment, that doesn't have to actually mean literally Breaking Five, just a Breaking Five moment in general, in running, in life, or anyone else who has great knowledge and background in helping others reach their Breaking Five moment, I would love for you to put me in contact with them. We would love to have them on the show. So if you could and let them know, if you know of someone else, tell them to reach out to me at my Instagram. And that is at Kristen underscore run your life. Again, that's at Kristen underscore run your life. And could you do me a favor? And if you enjoyed today's episode and can think of anyone else who could benefit from listening to it, could you go ahead and share this out on your social media or share this directly with them? That would mean the world to me, seriously. And make sure if you have not already to make sure you are subscribed to this podcast so that you get our weekly updates as we drop the next episodes. Thank you, everyone. We seriously appreciate you tuning in today. We'll see you next time. And until then, go run your life.